0: Thanks so much Girish for uh, joining. Uh, Tell us what time is it and where are you? Which part of the world are you in?
1: It's 8.32am in uh, San Mateo, California.
0: Hmm. Okay,
1: okay.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and... um, Thanks. Uh, you know, people have been very excited when we announced and, and and I'm sure there'll be a lot of people joining for this conversation and thank you uh, for taking our time to do this. You know, I wanted to understand from you, uh, Girish, you are in that, you know, epicenter zone of the startup technology world over there and here in India, everywhere, you know, across the world, when it comes to startups, there are a lot of layoffs happening, a lot of uh, laws have taken place. It is a difficult time and, and but one good a little bit of silver lining we see uh, is that the SaaS world seems to, at least from the surface of it, seems to be less impacted. You know, I want to understand from your vantage point and I have written that you are the torchbearer of the SaaS enterprise uh, ecosystem of India. You tell us, what is it that you are seeing and what is the impact of COVID on the ecosystem?
1: I think uh, one of the biggest uh, learnings for me right now, even as we are running Freshworks, is how the world is uh, in different stages of COVID, right? So Europe is actually coming back, uh, US is uh, still a mixed bag, India is actually going into seeing increased number of cases. So so it's uh, from an India context, I think the we are still in a very uh, scary uh, situation with because the numbers are going up. Uh, but when it comes to, uh, so I think we all, first of all, we all should be grateful for where we are uh, compared to what is happening with the world so with that said yes saas is definitely uh, in a, a much better place but uh, the way i would like to think about is is saas is just a big bucket right so you could be a horizontal saas player like freshworks you could be a vertical saas player like uh, uh, say uh, hotel logics or somebody focused on travel industry or or hospitality or or uh, you could be uh, there are different kinds of SaaS companies. Right? So my, the easiest way to uh, ask this question is, hey, is your company a vaccine or a vitamin? Yeah. Or uh, or are you the patient? Right. For example, uh, Zoom is a vaccine, right? Like everybody's using it. So I think uh, uh, companies like Zoom, we're all seeing they're really literally Zooming. Uh, but uh, we are not a Zoom uh, at Freshworks. So uh, we are probably a vitamin where uh, we are still seeing that customers need to, businesses need to use uh, uh, software where employees are working from home and uh, customers need to be engaged virtually and so on. But thank God we are not a Marriott also, right? So uh, I think uh, what we are seeing is, and this is pretty much true for most of SaaS. So I think uh, a a few of them have become the patient, uh, but uh, very few of them are the vaccine and their business is booming. But most of the horizontal SaaS players are vitamins, like uh, somewhere in between. Uh, um, being the patient and being the vaccine. So I think uh, uh, what what I see from uh, um, broad takeaway trends, I think moving forward because of life after COVID. So I think uh, this work from home may actually transform to work from anywhere, right? Because uh, now we are seeing, see, what we are seeing is, okay, there's a lockdown. You're at home, you're seeing the benefits of work from home. You you're understand companies are realizing that, hey, work can happen from home uh, also. At the same time, people want to get out also. There is this inherent, like people like me, like I'm, I'm sure you're like that. Uh, so we want, we, we draw our energy from people, right? So we want to go and meet people and so on. So when when this all of this is over, I think these two will collide and and people will say, okay, I can work from anywhere. There'll be multiple smaller offices. And so that will become a trend. How? But so the, the big thousand, two thousand member offices are not going to be the norm anymore. So that's going to be a trend. I think uh, video will become a very important uh, channel uh, for for every industry, whether it's customer support or uh, not just about meetings, but uh, virtually uh, everything can be done through video. So I think uh, broadly, uh, we all know this, uh, like, okay, employees are not coming into the office. uh, Customers are not coming into the stores. How do you keep business moving? So that's that's the uh, trend which we have to explore.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, Girish, you rightly said, you know, in most of the conversations that we are having, people are talking about this mass need for remote working, right? Like, which was not a reality before this, but it is. uh, How long, what will happen? We don't know. But then definitely there is this happening, uh, you know, remote working. I want to understand from that lens, what does it mean from, you know, the new normal? What does it mean for SaaS adoption? And how are you seeing it?
1: play out now yeah so so let's talk about uh, remote working right so i'll i'll start with freshworks so um, okay we uh, went from working from 13 offices to working from 3000 offices in a matter of a week mm. right so when everybody went for work from home so i think uh, uh, but for a company like freshworks or most uh, saas companies it was actually the move was easier right because we are cloud native from day one in fact i remember in 2011 or so, I used to joke that when Chennai becomes so hot in summer, like it is right now, uh, like we can all take our laptops and go and work, get, go to UT or Kodakarnal and, and get a nice uh, uh, place with internet connection and just work from there, right? So I think uh, it was a joke, but and, uh, today uh, it, it's a reality, but uh, even today with 3,000 people, I think Freshworks, we don't have anything on premise, right? We are a cloud-native company, so so for us the transition was easy, but it may not be easy for all companies, right? So because there are so many companies where there is a need for people to come in, or manufacturing, or or, or physical, like like retail stores and so on. So so I think uh, uh, that is where that is what brings us to the opportunity, right? So every company now has to make sure that. Hey, employees can get everything that they need. So just addressing the remote working part, right? So for, for employees to just be able to like think about HR, how do you onboard an employee, right? Uh, think about uh, teams, like how, uh, like if, they, if I, somebody's joining in my team, how do I quickly bring that person up to speed? Or, or uh, think about uh, a digital workplace, right? So when you're joining a company, like, okay, you need something from HR, you need something from finance, uh, you may want something from IT. It, it was very easy uh, to even if you don't have any systems, you could go and and just ask them, right? So so those walk-ins are all the water cooler conversation. Everything is vanished. Now we have to recreate that uh, uh, digitally, right? So if if I want, and some companies are ahead, many companies are not there, and that will drive massive uh, uh, acceleration or adoption towards SaaS solutions.
0: You know. Last two months, at least last three months, I can say, you know, I just say we talk about digital India, at least from digital, from India context, but finally, after 12 years, I can see that there is something like there is digital happening now, like from school, teachers getting online, like, you know, the world has definitely moved uh, in the last three months uh, to digital. I want to understand what kind of opportunities you see that this digital, new digital reality brings for startups. And, and more so for,
1: you know, SaaS startups now. See, when, when you think about digital transformation and technology adoption, uh, COVID in hindsight, let's say five years from now, we'll go look back and say, hey, this was a lot of short-term pain, but it was tremendous long-term gain, right? And it, this is a really a silver lining as you said it. Uh, because if you look at what Satya Nadella said, right? Uh, Satya Nadella actually said, hey, we have already seen two years of uh, uh, digital adoption in two months, right? Uh, uh, so, because they're already seeing it, like people, our companies are scrambling exactly. to get on board, right? So if you look at, uh, think about retail, uh, many, many retailers were all toying around with omni-channel retail, like right? physical retailers were saying, Hey, should I get Shopify? Should I sell uh, uh, everything online also? And like, how do I have a centralized inventory management? How can I engage with digital customers when I'm only used to physical customers, et cetera. So every retailer today has to shift to omni-channel, right? So, uh, and if you think about in UK, I think in the healthcare, people said, uh, somebody quoted that in 10 years of progress was accomplished in two months in healthcare, right? So I think uh, if you look at the trends, you ask me like w- what we are seeing, see definitely uh, some of the hunts Talked about area. See, all of us know about Zoom and uh, say Slack and things like that. But but uh, think about e-signatures, right? So um, uh, like contract negotiation signature that is like slowly and silently uh, uh, gaining adoption. Everybody is closing deals uh, and doing e-signatures. Uh, I, I talked about omni-channel retail. Every retailer today, it doesn't matter. Uh, even see, Amazon and Flipkart can sell online, but also your Indian grocery store has to now sell online or take phone orders and offer curbside pickup or delivery. So, so everybody is getting into omni-channel, right? And then, more importantly, from our standpoint, uh, we are seeing the acceleration towards customer 360, which which is basically what we say is today a business engages with customers across multiple channels, right? So, I may uh, like you may be calling us as a customer, or you are emailing us, you are talking about us on social media, or uh, I can WhatsApp you the order status and so on. So how do I bring all of this together so that the company has a 360 degree view of the customer and and that is also getting accelerated as uh, again because you can't just reach out to a coworker and find out what's happening with this customer right you need to have all of that digital so so the 360 view of the customer is also something that uh, we'll see increased adoption
0: yeah you know i want to pick on that uh, the customer uh, 360 degree view of the customer customer centricity is important for you for freshworks and, and and i know that you've done multiple conferences conversations around that also tell us how do you see that changing evolving and what is your view on this so that startups and entrepreneurs can also learn from because i think you've done a brilliant job in that aspect
1: yeah see i think uh, at freshworks we are uh, our, our whole uh, we call ourselves the customer for life software right so our vision is to enable every business to find and keep their customers for life. Mm. So so when we say customer for life and the software that we offer, actually, if you look at it, we have marketing automation, uh, sales, support, customer success. So so we we actually truly believe that, okay, we want to help businesses engage with their customers across the entire life cycle. Mm. Now think about uh, these times, right? So every startup or business today, okay, you have to, Take even more extra care about your customers, right? Because the customers themselves could be going through pain. And how do you actually be uh, uh, like more empathetic towards the customers, right? So, so are you really being tone deaf, or or are you really helping your customers? Like many times, see cash collection is a problem for businesses today because when customers are in pain, you cannot assume that uh, if you're a SaaS, even if you're a SaaS company, your recurring revenue is not going to come in, uh, right? Because customers don't have the ability to pay. So. Whatever technology we have, like for example, even in our whole uh, AI and bot strategy, we actually say, okay, we want to help businesses drive automation, but not at the exp- uh, expense of customer experience. So, mm-hmm. how do we help the agents or uh, the, the business automate to get the cost benefit, but at the same time, uh, not for? Uh, I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples actually, right? So, uh, Vedantu, right? You know, Vedantu. Mm-hmm. Uh, is an online tutoring platform, right? So due to COVID-19, they saw a, a big spike, right? Because everybody wants to do online uh, education for their kids. So they experienced a three X increase in their visitor overnight. And and now you cannot hire three times more people, right? In customer support, right? So yeah. even this is a good thing. So their inbound uh, uh, like ticket volumes were almost like say 3,500 per day. And that increased to 12,000 inbound inquiries per day. Imagine. Uh, uh, Where where will the people uh, find this? So we actually, they implemented, we helped them with uh, a Freshworks chatbot and then 80% of the queries were uh, solved through self-help because most of the customers were asking standard questions. So we were able to do that and then their customer satisfaction ratings rose uh, 50% because of that automation. They were able to uh, service it. So I think uh, there's also another customer super daily. Uh, who's a grocery delivery platform. I don't know if you know them. So their business also saw a dramatic impact, right? So uh, like they have 250 people, uh, but they saw a 200% increase. So the number of inquiries went up from 7,000 per day to 20,000 per day, right? So again, so so this is where I'm saying your business can be going up. Uh, and, and I'll give you the another example in the US where StubHub uh, actually was worst impacted. because uh, all the events are cancelled. You know, StubHub is the marketplace for people buying and selling tickets. Now they came to us because see, it's a big company and they are facing this problem now, but, and and they were even uh, furloughing two thirds of their employees, but they wanted to put an automation system in place so that customers are not uh, impacted. So somebody has to, customers need to get the answers that they deserve. So so we have been helping uh, both businesses who are seeing a big spike and businesses who are going through trouble. Uh, So, we have been helping them with automation because at the end of the day, if you are going to continue in business, you have to take care of your customers.
0: Now Girish, I have to come to uh, this question. I don't know if you remember, but many, many years ago, I had gone to a very simple, nice restaurant with you and where you had fed us. We had come to Chennai, and you were very nice, generous and humble and helped us. And that was also your initial years and 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 you know the remarkable journey which all of us in india and all of us as entrepreneurs feel proud that you've made i want to understand from your playbook from Freshworks playbook if today companies are looking at going global and not just you know going global you know is easy everyone can take a flight and go global but establish the presence that you've done and continuously keep on holding, growing the market. How have you done? Give us some real insights into that so that it can be implementable for many of the startups.
1: Okay. See, I think even before COVID, uh, this is an opportunity that I believe in for India. In fact, uh, uh, IMA had a series on how to start a startup and I've done a a session there a few years ago and it's available on YouTube if you uh, search for how to start a startup and Girish. Uh, so I think uh, the, the whole idea is the opportunity for India is to go after the long tail of the SMB market globally. And, and that can be uh, uh, so, like serviced from uh, anywhere in the world. Uh, it's not just India. So it's, it's, uh, any, any country can do it. But, but we have the uh, talent pool and the know-how and we have the lead in doing that. So I think uh, it's a very different playbook. So, so, I will just try to uh, lay down the playbook as simple as possible. Uh, so, we pick intentionally pick large uh, uh, markets, uh, like we took uh, customer support as the first market for Fresh Desk, then went to CRM and went to uh, IT service desk, and so on. So, we do online acquisition because there are enough people searching online for these large markets. So, we bring customers online to our website and then um, these online visitors, right? So they should be able to get their hands on the product quickly. So we, we don't say contact sales or, or fill a form and then somebody will call you. So so basically we, we remove all the barriers between the uh, customer and the product. Uh, so they, and they should be able to see the pricing. Like, so so there is no hidden pricing or add on pricing and so on. Like uh, it's all simple available on the website. What you see is what you get and, and uh, in fact, in our website, in Fresh Desk pricing page, if you can see there's a view detailed pricing, where if you click on that, you will see, hey, there's nothing here, right? So uh, so we, <clears throat> you should check it out. So and then um, the whole uh, model works only when you place a lot of emphasis on um, like making it easy for people to try and the products are designed to be intuitive and self-sufficient, Like, right? So basically, aesthetically, it has to be good. So we, I, I was talking to somebody yesterday So we always think about this, right? So so our customer, uh, we'll call her the browser girl, right? Because uh, imagine somebody searching on Google and and she's coming online and uh, she's signing up for a trial. So browser girl needs to feel that, hey, this product is aesthetically beautiful and hey, it's intuitive and and, uh, I can uh, play around and configure it myself because the SMB customer, so browser girl is not going to call a professional services team or a, a system integrator company to come and do all the hard work and and the browser girl if she doesn't like it she's going to close the browser in two minutes she has to like the product and in 20 minutes she has to feel at home in the product otherwise uh, it's almost like consumerization of enterprise software like uh, so and we know that the power to close the browser tab and go away puts a lot of uh, pressure that we have to actually make sure the product is super easy intuitive and and people can feel at home right so so that is the that is what i tell when and i'll just give you one more example like when uh, a product manager is building a new feature and they will come and uh, want to show me a demo, right? And then they'll say, uh, okay, we'll explain this to you. I will say, okay, you will sit next to me and explain to me, but who's going to explain it to Browser Girl, right? So, so basically send me the link. I have to figure it out on my own. So I have the curse of the layman, right? I can always look at our own products as a layman. So I would actually uh, uh, try to figure it out. And if I can't figure it out on my own, then that is the feedback to... Uh, my product team. So I think that's a crucial element of the playbook. Like, uh, if you want to win globally and you want to win through product, uh, because your salespeople are not there—the suited salespeople who go and make all these big presentations. Uh, so, like, the product cannot be confusing. You cannot. The product managers cannot design the product, assuming that our experienced engineers are going to implement it, right? So, so I think that's the uh, uh, secret sauce. Meaning, there's a lot more. Obviously, there's no silver bullet. And And I think we have also been uh, lucky that uh, a lot of things went right for us uh, in terms of funding, in terms of talent, in terms of timing. So I think uh, we've been able to uh, uh, be there at the right time and and then grow from there. but uh, yeah, uh, I can keep talking about this uh, whole day, but we don't have. That.
0: <laughs> you know, I wanted to ask you, like you said, the browser girl, you know in this time when and and and, and you had mentioned this when businesses are suffering smbs are suffering people are suffering how do you as a company as as, as a team uh, show empathy like how do you manifest empathy in an enterprise business to your customers how does it manifest
1: see i think this is a great question uh, Sharda, because this is exactly what i told the team right so we cannot be tone deaf in today's environment right mm-hmm. so Uh, See, everybody wants to sell, right? Meaning all of us businesses, we have to survive. We have to make sure that uh, we are earning some revenue to uh, uh, um, make up for the churn that you may have and so on. So there is nothing wrong with that. But how do you be empathetic and authentic, right? So I think the the message that I shared with my team is basically stick to the first principles. like, see, solve, don't sell, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to solve a problem for the customer, not don't sell, right? And during a crisis situation, we need to reassure and reconnect before you can actually help them redesign, right? So, so that is our framework. So first, reassure, so uh, that we are there. Like our one of our cultural values is be a true friend for the customer, right? So, and we actually reached out to all our customers and told them, hey, we are there with you. Let us know what pain you're going through, and and we are willing to help in whatever way we can, right? So, so we uh, all the su- customer success managers touch base with all of our customers, SMB, mid-market, large customer, everything. And then when we, for those of them who want to have a conversation with them, we, we reconnect, right? We understand their challenges. We look at their opportunities. And then, uh, like, basically, we also share how we are coping up with this, right? So, being vulnerable. So, they may think, okay, Freshworks is a big company. We also have our problems. So, we tell them and, and we share. And they also share more, right? So, that gives us the opportunity to learn more about them. And now, we redesign whatever they have, if you have to give them some payment relief, you want to give them some new technology. And as I told you, that's how we were able to win a business from even companies that were going through tough times. So we are helping them where they're saving costs, uh, but but they're uh, getting the help from Freshworks to do what they want in their business. So so that is, uh, and, and I, I've told uh, my marketing leaders, every messaging that is going out of the company has to be reviewed. Uh, very, very thoughtfully, thoroughly, that uh, we are not coming across as uh, uh, being torn different. Right? So we have to really uh, show that empathy, and it is very important. And so our model is uh, uh, like reassure reconnect redesign
0: yeah. okay, and I what I picked is solve, don't sell because you yeah. saw then you sell, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, Girish, I want to ask you. Uh, for us when we look from outside right freshworks has been a phenomenal journey you as an entrepreneur you're always a rock solid uh, strong entrepreneur you know and this is a current moment of crisis for so many entrepreneurs for so many startups for so many businesses i want to understand from you uh, you know as a leader as an entrepreneur What has this crisis meant for you and if you could share with us, be vulnerable and share with us any crisis that you went through and how you dealt with it.
1: No, I think, uh, so this has been a a, a great uh, period of learning, right? So uh, so first of all, I'm always vulnerable to share whatever, in fact, uh, my i don't uh, prepare for most of the stuff because it's easy my my fundamental uh, belief in life is if you always speak the truth you don't have to remember anything <laughs> right so so i think uh, so this crisis right so we clearly one of the things i realized was how important it was to communicate uh, more with employees right so uh, because uh, the biggest problem is not business, it, it's the mental health of employees, right? So how people are going to cope up with this. When I remember when we started, I was like everybody else. We thought, okay, oh, maybe this is going to be there for one or two weeks and it will go away, right? Oh, it won't uh, happen to us. Right? We are uh, uh, healthy. All of those thoughts uh, came and went, right? So nobody thought it was going to be such a long phenomenon. And even now we are still, we don't know uh, where it is going to be, but the amount of learning that happened every week, right? And and I, I, I will also tell you one more thing. On March 9th, I came back from Chennai to the US on March 7th. And March 9th, I'm attending an enterprise conference in uh, Half Moon Bay, it's Carlton. All there are uh, senior, there are CEOs uh, of all the companies. They're all talking about COVID and recession. I actually like stupidly stood up. Uh, today, in hindsight, it is stupid. I, I, uh, I stood up and said, hey, we are all uh, leaders here. Let's not cause more economic damage than the uh, uh, health damage caused by the virus. Like why are we, uh, we have to uh, like not uh, create panic because the entire thing talk in the conference was about COVID, right? But I was stupid because all of them were probably more knowledgeable and they were well prepared, but but still people are applauding that I should have said that. But in hindsight, it looks like, uh, people were right to be worried, right? At that time, on March 9th, I was saying, okay, why are we creating panic, right? And, uh, and I thought it was unnecessary panic because, uh, but it's turned out to be true that uh, the economic damage is far more than the actual uh, health damage, right? So, um, and what I am learning through this uh, is uh, how prepared uh, others are. Like, th- there's so much to learn, right? So every week, we are becoming more knowledgeable about the trends. And, and so just imagine who would have thought Staying home uh, is, a, is a cure against the virus, or not even a cure, but that's the only different strategy, right? So, uh, so, there's no other strategy, so everybody stay at home. So, I think uh, uh, the other thing that see, I'm spending more time with family, uh, I never thought, uh, like, I, I, I'm not missing my jet lag and uh, travel. I've connected with so many of our employees, uh, different teams, uh, uh, like having those conversations and enjoying. The biggest learning is, okay, work will still happen. Uh, even when nobody's coming into the office. So I think uh, uh, there has been a lot. I'm also uh, walking like uh, 7 to 10 kilometers every day. I've reduced weight and I'm enjoying it and eating home food only. And so I think uh, this period has been like, I I always choose to look at the positives. And I think there has been a lot of uh, uh, positives that I'm grateful for in, in this period.
0: Yeah, you know the other question I wanted to ask you in the company, right? In Freshworks, how do you how do you have a process? Do you have a procedure? Do you have something like where uh, you know the learnings that you get from the customers, from the market, you integrate it in the business and 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 and, and make it as a process. How do you internalize the learnings from the market?
1: Yeah, no, that's a, a very important point, right? So we have always been a connected company. So I, I call this a connected company. Right? How do you, how does the organization, see, we have to be a continually learning organization, right? Yeah. So, and, and I'm a, I see fundamentally, I'm a believer that uh, learning happens uh, outside of school and college. Right? So learning happens every day. That's what I believe in. So at Freshworks, like we have workplace by Facebook, we have Slack and, and uh, it's all connected and, and every day, like, uh, because we are uh, uh, present in so many different uh, countries. See, when you go to bed and then come back and wake up in the morning, you'll see so much of sharing, like whether it's uh, customer wins, customer pains, industry news, somebody has acquired, somebody, what does this mean for us? All of these discussions are always happening on workplace, even before COVID, right? So, and, and we, uh, during COVID, like what we did in the first, in March, the management team was meeting daily. Like every day morning, we would meet. Then we moved it to twice per week. Then now we are meeting once per week. But what we discuss is, Like we were to, see, we had to reorient the entire, like our our go-to-market team is like 1,000 plus, 1,100 people, right? So um, uh, we are 3,000 employees. So how do you change uh, a 1,100% organization to sell into the new opportunity? See, we have nine products and people are selling everything. But now in this new reality, we are seeing that, okay, fresh chat, fresh caller, fresh desk. This is seeing the maximum traction and the, the key message is how to enable customers uh, in asia uh, or uh, uh, like wherever whatsapp is strong whatsapp integration with fresh chat is a, is a super opportunity for us um, a fresh desk omni channel is a, is a good opportunity so you have to retrain this entire 1100 uh, uh, strong uh, go to market team over like within a few days yeah. uh, to actually go and sell this right and then you have to empower them with the marketing teams producing coll- uh, content that is uh, right written in the right empathetic message but helping customers. Right? So so that is uh, possible. I'm, I'm super proud that we were able to do something like that and also constantly and all of that is because we are a connected company. And uh, a lot of times I, I think that these would be the best investments that you can make uh, in encouraging people to open up and share about uh, everything that's happening in their life. So in fact, I would say for us, workplace by Facebook actually cannibalized Facebook usage because Facebook is boring content, right? This is interesting content about what is happening with the same UI. So if you can use Facebook, you can use Workplace. So there's no learning curve for the employee. But the content is so much more richer and relevant for us that everybody took uh, on it, right? So like we launched Facebook uh, Workplace in, I think, 2016 or 17. The next day, we started seeing participation. Like uh, it, it just grew inside our org uh, naturally. And I think that's a very important uh, lesson. Uh, we We constantly pick everything that's happening in the company and management teams. Uh, it, we look at what should be our, uh, for COVID specifically, we, we came up with a new plan. See, we had to throw out our old plan, right? So we were uh, going into 2020 uh, with with a big growth plan uh, of revenue, with a hiring plan for more than thousand people. And suddenly in March, you had to throw away everything and then come up with a new plan. And uh, so the, the analogy that I gave somewhere else is, it's like a Duckworth Lewis uh, uh, Former and cricket match, right? Suddenly the rules are changed. You have a new target, you have a new. It doesn't seem fair, but you have to play to win.
0: Girish, if I may ask you, you know, the space that you are in is extremely competitive, but you have not only grown, you have established a brand and I think Freshworks has done, you know, when you were fresh that like the, you know, the branding was clear, the positioning was clear, the way you hired was very clear and different. How have you consistently managed to stay ahead in a space which is extremely competitive if I may say so? Uh,
1: it is by design. So I told you initially when we are talking about the playbook that we intentionally pick these, uh, we call it red ocean markets, mm. right? See, you can go, there is a blue ocean strategy where you can go where nobody else has gone. See, we have to enter red ocean markets because we were started in Chennai and because we are going after global and because we are relying on online acquisition. See, when I don't have a a, a consultative salesperson who can go and convince the customer uh, how or why they need such a solution, right? So so if if you're really building uh, a blue ocean strategy, you have to educate the customer and the market on why they need this so in a red ocean strategy you win through product and execution and design right so so we had a red ocean strategy as a strategy conscious choice and that's why i explained to you uh, all the, our understanding of browser girl is very important there okay. to, to really win so because when you are competing see there are 600 there were 600 help desks when when i started uh, fresh desk right so uh, there are, there is a website called helpdesks.com even today you can go and check and and that lists all the desks that are there in the world, uh, with uh, uh, what is SaaS based, what is on prem, what is uh, client server, and so on, hosted desk, all those categories. How do you enter a market where there are six hundred uh, providers already, but and and then win, right? But uh, we cannot enter into a place where nobody is there because then nobody will be searching. So how will I sit in Chennai and and sell to Australia and Belgium and Brussels uh, if if nobody is searching online? So. Our strategy right from day one, our playbook is built for red ocean markets. And I just explained to you, uh, like in order to win that, you need to build a new playbook. And this is, so in the valley, there is another playbook, like a sales, we, let's call it the Salesforce playbook, right? So you, you uh, build a SaaS solution and they keep going up market, hire more salespeople. So today we have two go-to-market motions. So today we have the uh, SMB playbook or the long tail of the global SMB inbound playbook that we closed the business from Chennai. Uh, and we have a mid-market playbook, or a, or a large company playbook, where we have uh, salespeople. So that is something which we thought, okay, now we are doing one thing well, uh, which is uh, closing business from India. Now, why don't we actually learn as a company when everybody else is doing the other playbook? We'll we'll try that also. So today in Freshwork there are two playbooks, meaning we have two different go-to-market motions, and and that is outbound where we are learning um, like what others are doing, hiring salespeople, going. Outbound, reaching out to the larger companies and closing them. So today, as we speak, the the business is evenly split between uh, the, the the two go-to-market engines.
0: Wow! Well, yeah, you know I want to understand. You know, so I met Aditya Sanghi of Hotel Logics yesterday, day before, and he was. Talking about you, so I said I'm going to have to be having a conversation with you. And he told me, "Oh, Girish is brilliant because I think he had some issue, and he said you got involved, and 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 you know there was so much of humility, so much of interaction, and 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 you resolved things, right? So he said that to me. He's remained the same, Girish, over the years. Uh, I want to ask you from that perspective, as a CEO, you started small. Today you're you know." If i may say so it's an mnc startup if, if i can use the word startup grown it's so big how do you prioritize your time your mission your focus and uh, yeah your purpose every day as a ceo what do you do with your
1: day see for me uh, the fundamental belief is see success is in the big things happiness is in the small things mm-hmm. right so so i i, I actually it's very easy to make me happy. See, I enjoy being around with good people, right? So, I in fact, I'm doing FC Madras because I, uh, FC Madras is a grassroots football training uh, program charity that I'm running. The main reason for that is, uh, like, they are amazing people. The, the coach and uh, the, the people who are helping me do that. So, I just draw a lot of energy by being around with good people, right? So, I think uh, that is enough to make me happy. And I, I'll tell you one more thing and uh, maybe… Uh, I, I just be vulnerable and say so on one day i would I, I was somebody some big investor had taken me on a private jet uh to, to watch the india pakistan match in manchester during the world cup and and then and two days later i I'm, I'm back in home in chennai i'm uh, uh, outside my apartment in Valachery. there is a small uh, 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 shop which sells uh, sweets called a boli stall right and i was eating a, a small medu bakoda as they call it in tamil so, so it's like a small gonda, right so I derive more happiness from that uh, uh, a small shop, eating something that I enjoy than even going in that private jet, right? So I think uh, you don't need money to be happy. So uh, if you don't have money, it can cause unhappiness. I know that, right? But once you have money, you don't need money to make you happy. You need the, the pleasures in life Can see a good friends, time spent with friends, like in Aditya's terrace, for example, uh, we all have uh, like what we call as a Dharupe Charcha. <laughs> <laughs> That's a group of founders. And we have our, our uh, uh, friendly banter over uh, beer. So I think those are great times. So I think uh, uh, for us, for me, uh, basically uh, happiness is all the small things like a game of tennis or having a beer with a friend. I can uh, be happy. And I don't see, For I come from Trichy. Uh, I don't know, they changed the name. I don't know what's the new name now, but uh, yeah. uh, Tamil Nadu is changing all the names now. Uh, my father is a retired bank officer. So whatever happens from now on, it, it's already a win for me, right? I, I, like, I'm like. i aspirational. I want to go and accomplish bigger things, but it doesn't mean, see, even if I have to, uh, uh, if I am taken out as the CEO of Freshworks tomorrow, I, I'll still be happy that I have been, I've been able to come so far And uh, I I will talk about that and do what I can with my friends and I'll be happy. So being happy is a choice and I have made the choice several years ago in my life. So, uh, and I think that's a life learning. Yeah,
0: that's inspiring Girish. Okay, so now I'm going to take some questions before, you know, there's so many questions coming. So let me take this question. In SaaS model, the average revenue would be 7 to 12 USD per employee. What are your plans to maximize the revenue from the enterprise level moves? Understood, SaaS model requires more support, hand-holding with the customer, and it's a volume business.
1: Okay. So, uh, see, fundamentally, uh, the unfortunate thing with COVID is if a company does not have money to survive, they have to make a survival plan. See, the worst case is the founders will toil on the idea and keep the company alive without... uh, uh, Any salary, right? So that that's the uh, worst case. Or they will have to consider uh, get going and getting a job. I know some of the uh, uh, good founders in my uh, uh, network, in my companies where I have done angel investment in. So uh, where the founders have taken up a job, right? So in fact, uh, Pick Your Trail is one of a company which went was going through a boom, and uh, they were hiring so many people, and then COVID hit they had to refund all the uh, uh, revenues to the customer and then they have to lay off people and Hari is a great friend of mine. And uh, uh, like my advice to him was, hey, don't assume that things are going to improve in July or August or September. Be prepared for the long haul. You have to make the uh, cut uh, and uh, you have to uh, uh, like survive, right? So if, if you don't have money, you have to work on a survival plan or if, if it's becoming too hard on the family, then maybe you, uh, Another day, go back to a job and then uh, come back and do something. So, I think uh, without knowing the case, you, it's very hard to give generic advice, yeah. but everybody needs to have a survival plan. And I, I think uh, Ashish Bookway uh, Show is a, uh, another good friend of mine. And I think you also interviewed him. But when I spoke to him, he was like, Hey, I've seen three crises before. He also has a strategy, he calls it Noah's Ark strategy, right? So, I don't know if you guys talked about it in the show. Like you were saying, okay, like the Noah's Ark, I have to figure out which people to take along the journey and then who to leave behind. I think it's painful, but uh, it's it's inspiring to see how he's handling uh, all of this. See, I, like we are not book my show, right? They're like, they are directly in the eye of the storm, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and caught, caught in the storm. So I think uh, uh, it's a very uh, specific question that has to be answered with a lot of context, but you started off with employee per employee pricing. So I think... Uh, you don't have to increase the per-employee pricing. There are so many companies uh, like see even Google and Microsoft sell at $5 per uh, employee per month for their Google Docs or Office 360 is 5 or $6, right? So uh, the market is so big, like you are not going to, you can build a multi-billion dollar business even with $5. So 7 to $12 is not bad. It's your ability to reach more customers and users is the problem.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I wanted to ask you a personal, I don't know if it's a personal or professional question. Did you have to do some learning and learning when you shifted to San Mateo? I I didn't know till this week that you had shifted over there to US.
1: There was a conversation in WhatsApp amongst a group of founders on uh, where somebody was saying, hey, why are we, uh, why, why like, we don't understand why founders are chasing more and more money and VC funding, right? It was not. Uh, aimed at me, but uh, it got me thinking. Like I just asked myself, "Hey, what is it that I'm chasing? Am I chasing money, right?" And and I know the answer is not that. I'm not chasing money because, like, uh, I have uh, probably I, I have simple needs and I have enough uh, for me and my family, right? So uh, then, it when I thought about that question, I, I realized what I'm chasing, right? Uh, when we want to talk about uh, taking fresh works, uh, um, like. Uh, uh, to greater heights, building a global product company, eventually taking it public someday. So what I'm chasing is learning. And I think one of my unmet needs, and, and all of us in India will relate to it, right? So our education, or at least my education in school and college wasn't that great. Like I've always been an average student and I've never been great at classroom learning. I, I probably, like I wanted, I think uh, the, the, you can say that I'm learning with a vengeance, right? So there is so much of opportunity to learn now and learning by doing. I think uh, i i hit that mode uh after uh, 2001 right when when i was in the right company and uh, learning a lot so i think uh, that is what i'm chasing so the move to california right so it's a uh, completely out of my comfort zone because i was actually in a nice big house in Chennai i had multiple uh, fancy cars i had uh, uh, two uh, drivers i had a security guard gardener uh, cooks so my life was set right uh, i but I had to come out of my comfort zone and and move to US, but it is all worth it because uh, there are very few people who have actually taken, uh, let's say you want to take a company from 200 million to a billion dollars of revenue and more, and you want to do it in like four or five years, Uh, there are a handful of people who have done that in SaaS and all of them are here, right? And and if I want to learn, I have to learn from them. I can be sitting in Chennai and uh, doing all the great things, but I won't be able to learn that. And if I, there is, see the, I don't want to make a mistake now because this opportunity is, is real and it is not for me the, the impact that we can create. And I told this in my all hands to all the employees when I was moving to the US. So the number one question was, why are you moving to the US? I told all of this, but then I also told one more thing. See, today, employees as of today, they have, I think, uh, something to the tune of 2,000 crores or 3,000 crores worth of Freshworks stock. Right, but if we actually uh, uh, are able to go through this journey and and accelerate and build a global brand, I I could take I, I could put twenty to thirty thousand crores of uh, uh, money in the employees' hands. Now imagine how big that is for the country. Like, yeah. what will these people with money do? They will start more startups. They will do charity. Uh, uh, some of them will spend. That's also good for the economy. So I'm I'm looking at it as a massive opportunity for wealth creation for employees and. And that money will come back and, and uh, do greater benefit in India. I anybody see, Once you have money, you want to do something. So, and, and I'm really excited about that. So that is what uh, I am uh, like, I'm learning and uh, I want to continue learning. And it's always uh, uh, like a lot of energy to do that.
0: Wow. you have, This is very inspiring Girish. Uh, Cheat sheet. Like, I don't know if you've shared. What what do you according to you? What is your what has been your biggest strength? If you as an entrepreneur, if you have to look at your journey, what would you rate as your biggest strength and weakness also? If you can. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: so uh, I, everything is a weakness, right? I, I don't have a lot of uh, uh, meaning. I have tons of weaknesses. Um, see, I think uh, I start with the strength. I think uh, see, you have to understand. I am not a technology person, right? I don't code as much as well. Uh, Okay, I'm a product person, but I'm not a great product manager also. I'm an average product manager. So I think my biggest strength, I would say, is uh, something which my friend, uh, Arvind, who used to work for me, uh, told me that my strength is, uh, how do I uh, build relationships and find the right person for the job, right? And I think uh, I I will quote uh, a Tamil poet, Thiruval, on this, right? So uh, there is a, a simple poem, which you may not understand, it says, what it means is find the right person for the job and then uh, leave them alone to complete it Right. so I think that's been a, a big uh, aspect of how I work like I, I know that I don't know everything and I don't want to be in everything so but I, I if I want to build world class stuff I need to find the right people and uh, uh, like create the environment for them to succeed and then stay out of the way right so I think that's been really what weaknesses are like hundreds of weaknesses, I'm I'm a very poor manager. I don't like managing people at all, and and uh, even to the extent of uh, doing one-on-ones with them or or uh, like uh, like I for me my philosophy is, okay, if you have a problem, ping. Don't expect me to pull. So ping, don't pull. Uh, so, you know,
0: but I'm just saying that everyone who's watching and people who work with you or engage with you is and 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 we followed very closely some of your uh, colleagues, team members. I think. One of the outstanding things, and I think one should write more and more and talk about it, is that you have actually built a very outstanding culture and team and you've hired from very beginning, very, very good people, onboarded good people. I think that really speaks in the team that you have, right? At Freshworks. Yeah. yeah.
1: So then, will anybody hire bad people?
0: No, Girish, nobody hires. People are all good. Bad no but so, i'll tell you no no i'll tell you people don't hire bad and i don't think so people are bad but i think the security as an entrepreneur right the security in the dna of an entrepreneur to say that hey i can have hire people who are smarter who can question me i think you have that ability not many people have that so yeah
1: yeah uh, but, but more importantly the like if you treat people the right way they will uh, give yeah. you their best so the, the our fundamental belief again is there are no bad employees. They're only bad fit for the role. So, and, and, and even at household, like I will tell you my, uh, when, when uh, we had a maid uh, and my, uh, the first day the maid came, she was very, uh, in, in, not in, in India actually. So, uh, she was very, uh, like strict. And she said, these are the terms, these are the norms. And my mm-hmm. wife was like, uh, why is she behaving like this? I said, don't worry. You, uh, treat her well. And then, uh, see, when we were moving from that apartment, like that maid was crying, right? Because the way uh, Shobha had taken care of her, like, uh, so, so all that see, people are initially like that because when they don't know who they're dealing with, yeah. you can unlock. So there has to be fundamental belief that uh, people are not bad. You can, see, you first make the change. You show people that you care. You show how you feel about them. You make them feel special and respected. I think you will receive all of that back. That is the formula for all entrepreneurs.
0: Yeah 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 and i hope all entrepreneurs adopt that embrace that then we will have far more amazing yeah ecosystem okay Girish i've asked you a lot of questions and there are a lot of questions coming maybe we'll send it to you and uh, maybe you know in your when you have time you could answer but last before we leave if you had to say that you know next one year next two years How should we all as entrepreneurs, as people, as individuals, look at life, look at our professional life, look at, you know, dealing with, because a lot of people are feeling a little jittery, right? A lot of people have been laid off and this is tough time.
1: There are two or three things I would like to say. Number one, um, don't worry about the uncontrollable. So that's the, the game has changed for everybody, right? So, so you can't control what you can't control. So if it's raining outside, can you control that? So. Uh, you just take an umbrella and go, right? So I think uh, <coughs> you have to adjust to this. This is nature at play, right? So, uh, and and what we can control is, like, for example, if you can't control revenue, you can control uh, spending, right? Okay. If you can't control churn, you can control maybe uh, uh, like hiring, right? So so focus on what you can control and make a new plan, right? That is from a business standpoint. From a what we all should do as entrepreneurs, I would say, first believe that, uh, you can be successful in life in business without being an, uh, a jerk, right? So, uh, yes. so you can be good and be uh, you can win. So I think uh, a lot of times people talk about unconscious bias, right? So then movies talk about unconscious bias. There's also an unconscious bias that a businessman means he has to be a fraud. He is a, like a, yeah. like basically we need more role model entrepreneurs, right? So I, I want don't take the hack deep inside uh, you. You will hear it, whether are you doing something that's right for the business, focus on doing what is right for the business and what is right for the company and what is right so first right for the employees. Right? So if you focus on that and you know, don't never let funding or IPO or any of those uh, uh, change how you operate the business, Fun- see, fundamentally good businesses will always get funded. And, and that is what I think we all need to understand as entrepreneurs is. And if you don't build a great business, you don't deserve to be successful, accept that I will accept that. So if if I'm not the right person to lead Freshworks moving forward, I will step down. It's fine, it's not my company. I understand that the moment we take VC funding, I have been given the driver's seat, right? So the the company is owned by everybody. Employees own it, investors own it, I also own part of it. But I have this cap on which says, uh, this is the Freshworks CEO, right? The moment I'm not the right person to drive it, I have to, or if I'm tired, and, and if I'm going to fall asleep then I have to give it to somebody else so but but it is important to drive the right way right so I think that is my biggest uh, uh, ask to everybody believe that uh, you can be successful even when you are actually doing the right things Don't take the shortcuts or the hacks to optimize for funding uh, or optimize and and uh, uh, to to enrich ourselves at the expense of investors or at the expense of employees so I think those are all uh, things which will come back and bite you later. So I think uh, my humble ask would be uh, to do the right thing, build great businesses, and that is how India will win. So we want India to be in, win as a product nation, right? And and for that, we need role model entrepreneurs and role model entrepreneurs build great business funding will come, all the success will come, all the money will come, uh, but if only, it will all come only if we build a great business.
0: Wow. No. Wow, You know I have one thing to say that for all of us, for all of us here in India and who all would have logged today at now it's going to be 10 o'clock over here, uh, I can say that you know for us you are a role model of what you said, good guys make good businesses and great businesses and and we look up to you because fundamentally we think you are a very good guy and, 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 and you give us that you know we don't have to be if I may say so. In Hindi, there is the word "kamina," <laughs> or an asshole to win. <laughs> you know, because more examples are like shortcuts people do, but you've done it the right way and you've built it and we all look up to you, Girish. We want you to keep on winning because it's a great success story for India and we're very proud of you. Thank you. Thanks Thank a lot. you. Thank
1: you, Siddharth. Thanks. for.
0: Thank I'd like to have a special mention here of our sponsors, Motilal Oswal, who are our presenting partners for the personal finance category in association with 5 and ICICI Lombard. Their coming on board has helped us bring financial ingenuity from some of the finest minds in the industry to help our audience leverage it for their own financial empowerment.